You're listening to a Developer Experience Podcast, a podcast about the experience of being a developer or really any person in tech. In this episode, I talk to my friend Jay Sincata. Jay tells me why he is skeptical about tools and systems in the context of getting things done. Instead, he focuses on establishing a few strong, clear guideposts and allows himself to be flexible everywhere else. Thanks for giving it a listen. Uh, how are you doing? Are you good? I'm good. Okay, so cool. Um, first thing I would like to do is have you introduce yourself. Um, tell me who you are. Uh, I don't know, maybe some things about you. Sure. Uh, so I'm Jay Sincata, and I, uh, I started programming, I realized, 40 years ago. Nice. I, I was a touring musician, and I quit, and I uh, uh, found myself transitioning from playing piano in St. Thomas to being in the basement of uh, the University of Maryland uh, Computer Science Building, punching cards on a key punch, and then mm-hmm. you know, running a shoebox of, of them up to, the, uh, to a window where you had to submit your deck, and then you would get a, uh, a listing back. So that's, mm-hmm. that's where I started from. Wow. And, you know, been through a lot, a lot of changes through then. Um, I uh, worked with Work, you know, worked with big companies, small companies, um, owned a company for a while, sold that three years ago, and now I work 100% remote, managing a small but mighty team. There's just uh, just four of us, <laughs> and we do all of the software for pretty big uh, parts company, and we do the the web stuff and all the internal line of business systems. But mm-hmm. uh, just a tiny tiny little team, and the owner of the company is like my best friend. So that's awesome. So so it's been uh, been an interesting journey, and with a lot of different kinds of things along the way. Sure, sounds like a pretty successful life, if you ask me. It, it it's a nice uh, uh, it's a nice retirement here now for sure. <laughs> went from the East Coast to the West Coast. I live in Oregon, where it's just gorgeous, and uh, yeah, oh, empty nesters. I have two boys that are now off on their own, so yeah, having a lot mm-hmm. of fun. Cool. Uh, Jay, you and I met at a conference years ago, um, and I don't know, you reached out to me afterwards, um, and we kind of, we connected. I think you asked if I would mentor you and you offered to pay me money. And I was like, of course I will do that. Um, but then at some point I felt bad because really I just like hanging out with you. Um, Oh, cool. Thanks. I love that conference. That was exactly, uh, that was exactly at this inflection point where, I I had um, uh, sold my company in Maryland, sold my house. We put everything in storage. My wife and I spent um, a good part of a year just driving across the country, not sure where we're going to end up. Before Mm -hmm. I had left, I had a couple things where I thought I was going to land. And and basically, at the end of the year, we had moved into the house, had this big mortgage, and all of those Mm -hmm. fell apart. So I suddenly found myself, it's like, oh man, I have to find a job. And, um, and I decided I wanted to get into, uh, uh, I went to this conference, uh, uh, Codemashed, where I yeah. met you to just kind of make some connections and figure out what am I doing next. And you gave a lecture on React. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like, that's it. I want to do that. But I, but I don't know how to do that. And yeah. I, that's what I want to get a job doing. And that was the basis of approaching you like, hey, man, can you help help mentor me uh, yeah. with this? Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a fun few years. 
Yep. It's, uh, it's, it definitely, I remember early on, um, just like watching you grow as we were pairing on stuff, uh, which was pretty fun to see. Um, very, that, that very quick early growth where like, you know, it's not as easy. You're, you feel like you're kind of fumbling around and then all of a sudden six months later, you're writing things that I'm not writing. <laughs> and I'm like, you're working cool. on pretty cool stuff right now. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. Cool. Um, Jay, could you do me a favor and maybe talk a little bit about, um, like what are the systems that you use to manage your time to get things done? Uh, you mm. know, checklists, tack- task lists, notebooks, any types of those things that help you. Yeah. So with that, um, <laughs> the thing I, I've struggled with this trying to get ready to talk about <laughs> Steve, because I actually um have use a lot of systems. I get have spent lots of time trying out different systems, and 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 I have a tendency to go like really deep. You know, like anything mm-hmm. worth doing is worth overdoing. Mm-hmm. But I've kind of also come. As I've gotten older, and I'm I'm in this situation now where it's a very small team, and I've kind of come to be really skeptical about tools and systems. So the more and more I I find I'm just leaning on on a, a, f- a few things, but it's really more focused on people than systems. So hmm, that's um, interesting. Yeah, that's that's what I'm finding out is more important. So like, oh, we for instance with my team. We we talk a lot. We're on we're on uh, Slack a lot. We we frequently you know upgrade from uh, chat to impromptu meetings. You know mm-hmm. with, where we're seldom like scheduling a time. It's like hey, can you talk now? Or it's like sure. Admin. And um, and we do use uh, we we do use a Kanban board, but even for that, we use Trello rather than systems that are like for you know, specifically for agile development and it's deliberate. Yeah. It's be- the thing that I most love about Trello is it's no particular structure. You want an extra column, you know, you just create it. So like we have, we start out basically, you know, to do doing and done. Mm-hmm. Right. But then it's like waiting on Bob, <laughs> you know, let, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of those create a column for that. And then it, it, they come, they go and, the, and creating this structure is flexible. And to me, I'm finding that that's really more important because it's about the people. The tools that we're using is just a way of getting a mind meld among, among the people you're working with, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and um, I'm finding that uh, keeping that as lightweight as possible. It's kind of like the agile manifesto, right? It's people and relationships, not documentation and systems. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm finding that really refreshing, you know. Yeah. Uh, in contrast, I've I've had uh, done a lot of work with consulting companies earlier in my career, either working for uh, as a consultant for a company that was doing Fortune 500 consulting, or owning my own consulting company, mm-hmm. where there it was always about you know very formal systems and adapting things. And we were doing fixed price contracts. So you had to have, you know, what are the requirements and what's the review process? And, um, you know, I spent hours in meetings just talking about, well, what are the status codes we should have for the status of a task in our Mm -hmm. workflow system? And how do we track the dependencies between these things? And 
Right. And I, uh, you know, the older I get, the more it's like, none, none of that matters. All of that is waste in itself. The only thing that matters in the end is like, do you have smart people working together doing the right thing? Yeah. That, you know, it, it, that's all you really care about. And all of the tools is just a means to that. Smart people working together, doing the right thing. So all, all the requirements analysis is like, are we doing the right thing? Um, all of the status tracking is like, are we working together? Um, yeah. And you just want like as little of that as you can get away with to, to get to that goal. You know? Yeah. Yeah, Jay, this reminds me of something um, we talked about actually before we hit record. Uh, you talked about, we were talking about um, organization of tools and mm -hmm. being able to find things uh, and organizational systems. And one of the things you said to me that you thought that what was most important was to be flexible in most things, but I don't remember the words that you used, but like rigid or structured in just a few things. And that kind of sounds like what you're describing. Is that is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the same thing. The um, the thought is that it's like this: the the world fundamentally is analog, but we as programmers we live in a digital world, right? So everything is shades of gray, and ultimately we're about zero and one. So it's black mm -hmm. and white. And within your life and within your your tooling, it's like I'm finding the sweet spot is don't try and keep everything perfectly categorized and organized. Mm -hmm. just a few things you know, just the what are the few things that matter and then have really crisp boundary lines on just those few things that make a difference sure and and and, and allow the gray allow the uh the flexibility and the other stuff so mm -hmm. you know i mentioned uh trello earlier that we mm -hmm. we love we love trello because it's not we, we don't try and put all the full specs in there we we just document enough to make sure that we're understand what we're doing and what we're doing makes sense. And we're have put our minds together. So mm -hmm. a lot of our cards are just one liners, but not always. Sometimes it's a one liner and it's a reference to a little Google uh, mini doc. Sure. Where the, where you need to drill down. But even then, if, if it's a Google doc, we don't have a standard template for specifications. We, you know, we just create just what we need to get that mind meld. So, uh, mm -hmm. But but the thing that we do do is um, we we're gonna we're gonna slap a card up on Trello if if we're working on something just mm -hmm. so we understand what each other is doing. So it's like that uh, we we have kind of a clear boundary on that. We have a clear boundary that you know uh, on the way that we use Git and you know there's mm -hmm. going to be version control and check-ins and PRs and you know but just a real clear boundaries, just a few things that matter. And, sure. but, but pick those carefully because none of it's free. It's all right. time, you know, extra time you're going to spend on the system rather than the result. Yeah, that's interesting. What I like about what you're describing is how um, it feels like it leaves a lot of autonomy and freedom to people. So in all of that gray area that isn't on one of those boundaries, there's a whole lot of freedom. Yeah, right. And and that is crucial because again it comes back to the people that the more structured your system is, the more the individuals within it feel like gears in this machine. 
Sure. You know, and, um, uh, and, and that undermines ownership that, um, un, you know, people feel shy. They're, they're less reluctant to throw out an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of like the, you know, coming back to mock-ups versus, um, uh, like wireframes versus, uh, full, full mock-ups. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the, that was the genius that Balsonic had when they came out with that, their tooling that, mm-hmm. uh, it's actually better sometimes to have like the pencil sketched um, right. e- example of a UI rather than a fully defined one because it feels fluid. It yeah. feels more like, like people are just more inclined to be like, well, that's cool, but what about this? Right. You know, so being unstructured, it's not just that it's cheaper. It also encourages more collaboration. People feel more freedom. Yeah. Um, I have a couple questions along these lines. My first one is what, what happens when work gets old, when cards get old, when like something's on your shell board and it's a one liner and, um, you know, it's been three months since anyone thought about this thing. What do we do with it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well, in practice that totally happens. And we, <laughs> we, we, we go through a process of like, pulling stuff out of the backlog. Like we have mm-hmm. come to Jesus moments where our, uh, typically like the, we start out with, you know, kind of like to do doing done, but, and then mm-hmm. within to do, there's like, do, you know, to do soon the stuff that's really on deck and the stuff that sure. we're not, not going to look at for a while. Yeah. This and feels then, like my life right now. <laughs> you know, and then that list, you know, you, you come to realize where it's like, <laughs> uh, a lot of the stuff that's over there, it's, it's do, do, do never. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and then you come up with another list of like, these are the things that we've made a decision. We're never going to do. Yeah. You yeah. know, and you get it out of your world and, or, or you just kind of, you know, so it's, oh, I, to me, I, I get that overwhelm. It's definitely a part of life. And then the, the, mm-hmm. the thing is our aspirations always exceed our grasp. Sure. Unless, uh, if, unless you're not trying. Right. I mean, if, if you, if you have, if you have all your shit together, you're just not very ambitious. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So then it comes down to like, okay, we captured this stuff. And, and by the way, another one of our, uh, another one of our rigid rules in, in my team is that if somebody makes a suggestion that goes on the Trello board, we we uh, link to where it was in Slack where the conversation happened, or you know we capture the information. This is a suggestion, and we may never act on it. We may decide mm-hmm. not to act on it, but we can still search and find when it comes up. It's like, yeah, what was that thing? You yeah, can find it and and get to it, and then pick up from where you left off. You know, yeah. So, uh, but a lot of times it comes. You, you just have like the come to Jesus of like okay, let's get real. There's a lot of yeah. stuff we want to do. What are we going to do? Right. Exactly. You know, and that's, and that's what agile is all about really. Right. Yeah. It's just, you know, focus, but, but there's a time that you want to, that you want to focus. And for me, when I get stressed out, I, I just need to focus down to one thing. Right? Yeah, so it's that. more like, how do I get away? I don't want any of this. And, and for me, um, it gets down to a pad, like I get a pad of paper and I just write it start a fresh sheet and I write mm-hmm. at the top, this is the one thing. 
And mm-hmm. this is all I'm going to work on right now. And I do other <laughs> tricks to fool myself. I, you know, I set a timer, like, uh, you know, like the Pomodoro method. I said, like, sure. uh, I'm going to do nothing but think about this for 20 minutes. And if, if it's 20 minutes of me being like, I have no idea how to do this thing. Fine. You, you don't get up for 20 minutes. You don't pee for 20 minutes. No, mm-hmm. you don't get a drink. You, you, you know, you, you just take some time and focus and, uh, and 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 just just do the one thing. So there's a time to focus down, and then there's a time to zoom out. Because mm-hmm. to me, there's like two kinds of uh, this. I, I suffer from two kinds of inefficiency. One is that I'm stressed because I'm like overwhelmed. There's too many things. Mm-hmm. There's too many things, and and yep. it's hard to focus on any one of them because it's oh, what about this? What about that? Um, the other kind is there's a thing I need to do, but I really want to do that. Like I'm distracted. I want to like a squirrel. Do, you want yeah, to chase right? a squirrel. There's, yeah. there's another, there's another hole I want to, I, I want yeah. to go down. Right. And, and for the first one, for the first one, um, to focus on one thing, it often helps me to, to brain dump, to like zoom out, like, okay, mm-hmm. because when I'm stressed out, like, oh, there's just too much, it feels infinite. And yeah. the, and the thing that helps me is like, well, you know, it's not infinite. There might be a hundred things, but when you write them down, you know, it's like, oh, you know, actually after a lot of times it feels like there's a hundred things. And, and I've, once I've written, you know, 15, it's like, yeah, that's pretty <laughs> much it. Oh, okay. I'm missing 85 somehow. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> or 85 just don't matter right now. Yeah, but but that it's like <laughs> zooming out, like, okay, this is the whole world, and now yeah. you can write as much as you want, but now it's just those things, and, and now that it's finite, we've gone from infinite to feeling infinite yes, to being absolutely. finite, then you, now now I can pick one, and, and, yeah. and then, you, you, uh, then, then you can kind of pick that one thing, and then you might be like okay but now break it down what are the steps and mm-hmm. there's a lot of steps okay which is the first step repeat rinse and repeat you know yeah and focus there so it's like zoom in and zoom out mm-hmm. the other one is um what i just noticed about myself is that my personal productivity varies at least one if not a couple or is a magnitude like if I can just get in flow on on a thing that matters, um, that that that's the whole reason I, I write software is that feeling that's sure. that's the drug that's the addiction right where you just in flow there's a thing you you're passionate about you understand what you're doing why you tr- why it matters and your whole brain can just dig into that and um, <laughs> the challenge is is. Uh, sometimes, you know, if I, if I can get in that flow, I'll, I'll, I'll go with it. Even if it's not really necessarily the thing that's most important, mm-hmm. because it's like, if it matters at all, if it's not just a total indulgence, you know, mm-hmm. break, make as much time for that as possible. And then, uh, when you're not in that flow, it's like, how do I get back there? Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's where then the planning is just all of the planning and the conversations with people and the brainstorming is an effort to just find, find the thing that you can really lock in on. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. like get it like in all the, um, 
what, what 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 was that what was that movie with Tom Cruise about the fighter pilots Top Gun Top Gun right? yes. so it's like getting radar lock on something right so mm-hmm. you know, missile lock trying to get mm-hmm. missile lock on the thing that you know what you're doing you know why you're doing it and and you can just get in that flow sure. so to me to me a lot of my life now is just trying to uh get to get to get to that flow Sure. Spend as much time there as possible, and that's and the systems are also in service of that for me, and right. also for the guys I'm working with, right? You know, yeah. and it comes down to like have making sure when you're delegating a task to somebody, help talking with them about what are they doing so they really they get it and they're thinking about it, and and, mm-hmm. and they're in that kind of flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I think that it uh, what you were talking about earlier with. Uh, well, a couple times now with the, the boundaries and setting the clear boundaries and, and making sure that those things that are very, very important are known. Um, but the rest of it, there's flexibility. Um, mm-hmm. But but if you don't know what the boundaries are or what the very important things are, like that's when you really get lost on something or, or go down the wrong path. Yeah, right. Right. Um, do you allow yourself any freedom to uh, jump in between things until you get to that point that you're locked in on something? Probably too much. Too much. Uh, I'm, fairly self, <laughs> I'm fairly self-indulgent with myself. Uh, the The flip side of it that I think lets me get away with it is I'm also really flexible about um, like how many hours a day. Like if I if if I need to pull all nighters or if I need to be up at three in the morning if I need yeah. you know like when when something's on fire. I'm all about dealing with that, you know? So, um, so, uh, uh, you know, like I'm taking this afternoon off and talking with you and getting ready with my wife. And then (laughs) this weekend I'm going to be, uh, probably making up for some things to to be ready on Monday. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's a nice, that's the nice thing about having the ability to be flexible with your time uh, and, and working on things, not in an office. Right, right, and and I think that's the real beauty of um, uh, real real beauty of working at home. I um, mm-hmm. I use a tool called Toggle. Uh, I mean, just for the I hadn't. This isn't so much a productivity thing, but it's like how much should I charge my customer, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I love that tool because it makes it really easy to just uh, say what am I working on now and start the timer going and. Ah, sure. You know, and you just, you can switch between tasks and, and just the fact of like, um, thinking as a consultant, thinking of like, what am I, what am I billing for now? Yeah. Yeah. Also helps to focus you, um, a challenge, uh, uh, I've got I've fallen off a little bit with that because my my client doesn't care. He's just tell me how many hours, <laughs> you know. Uh, but I back in the in the days when I was running a consulting business, billing time and billing my my team's time, mm-hmm. uh, it was super it was super helpful getting folks in the habit of, uh, you know, use it use a tool. Just say what am I working on now? That's the only question. But you should always have the right answer. You know, what are you working on now? Mm-hmm. You're, bill- you're billing time, you know, thinking about is your time, thinking about your time as billable, whether you're a consultant or not, mm-hmm. is, is, can be empowering mm-hmm. it, as long as, as, as long as you embrace it that way, that it's, 
you know, it's like thinking, thinking like a lawyer, right? Think, you know, thinking about uh, lawyers, they're billing their time at 300 hours an hour or whatever, but they, but you get a log from the lawyers of like mm-hmm. five, five minutes on this and 10 minutes on that. Right. Um, that can also be a trap, right? All these systems can be a trap yeah. where you're spending more time on the thing, but there's a certain level where it's just anything you can do that makes you f- think about your time as precious. Mm-hmm is is empowering because it is it's finite we only get so many minutes and then we die you know and you and you never get anything back does that help you stay focused like thinking about that it 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 does yeah yeah it 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 does think (laughs) think think of thinking about you know what am i what am what am i giving this what am i giving my time to what am i giving my energy to yeah yeah Yeah. Do you ever find yourself needing to do that kind of um, big picture, zoom out, figure out where I am spending my time um, and zoom back in and focus on these things so that I can spend more of my time with my family or like along, like setting those boundaries between work and your personal life? That that's a great question. Oh, I do. I, um, the reason I, Oh, at the point that my wife and I decided we wanted to start a family, that's when I quit my office job and started my company. Mm, yeah. Um, and that allowed me to largely work from home while I was raising two boys. Mm-hmm. And, and that, you know, I hadn't really thought of it that way, but um, that has, that, that actually is for me super crucial. You know, it's like putting the family first, mm-hmm. but in the big picture, ho- hoping that they feel like, hey, dad's around for vacations, but yeah, dad might not be able to make this particular soccer game or something because, you know, something's on fire right now. Mm-hmm. And and I think and I, my, my boys now are, are in their mid-20s, and I think they have that feeling like mom and dad were both around, so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've yeah. never, I mean, like my kids are younger. I've never asked them that question, but it seems like it'd be uh I don't know. You might get an answer you weren't expecting if you well, were to it, explicitly it, ask that question. The, uh, the counter argument that it, uh, is that neither one of them has any um, has any interest whatsoever in working with computers. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Their, their takeaway was sure. not that dad has a cushy job. Yeah, right. And it's interesting because you mentioned that you were a musician before, and yeah. I know that you play a lot of music in your free time. You play music with um, at least one of your sons. Um, yeah. So, I mean, when you look at it that way, like music was a thing that you were doing at home with them for fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's maybe <laughs> that's something they picked up rather than typing on computers all day. Yeah. Um, so I think I want to move on a little bit to things mm-hmm. like... Um, things that you've tried in the past that haven't worked or maybe things that you want to try in the future that you think are missing from Mm -hmm. whatever um, systems that you use or your team uses? The thing that I have never gotten that in my whole life and I'm still struggling with is like taking good notes. Mm. I think, I think that note taking is just such an awesome skill that I don't have. And I, and like what I don't understand is folks who can have a conversation mm-hmm. and stay in the conversation, be really listening, be, be there in the moment, be, be 
participating and at the same time capture something right as, as, as that's relevant that you can look back at right. a, you know a couple of days later and make any sense out of it right right like you had to have some kind of insight there it wasn't like you're just reporting and writing down the exact words that were said mm-hmm. you're thinking yeah. like this relates to something else or i'm thinking about this in another way than what we're talking about right now yeah and writing that down and, and some folks can do that like one of the best mm-hmm. managers i ever worked with he um when we would have a meeting he would put up on the screen wherever you can see the meeting minutes mm-hmm. and the meeting the meeting was in in broad scope coming to consensus on the meeting minutes for the meeting. You know, so we're going to talk about everything, but like, okay, does this capture it? And then at the end of the meeting, there's the minutes. And wow. I, I love that. I can't do that. I'm terrible at that. Yeah. But, but that is an awesome skill. It, you know, maybe, maybe it helps. It's a lot easier to do that if you're just listening and you're not talking. Yes. I agree with that. Yep. I have a I have a coworker who's similar to what you're describing that somehow can take these incredibly detailed um, logs of what we talked about and also contribute. And I don't yeah. understand it. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. To me, it's either or. It's like the talking. And if I'm if I'm talking, I can't write. If I'm thinking, and even when I'm thinking, like I struggled with this in school too. Mm-hmm. That oh, taking good notes is hard because the professors talking about stuff and you're, mm-hmm. you're trying to keep up with what they're saying and and also think of like where is this going and why is this matter and, and integrating it with other stuff and at least that's where my mind is going is mm-hmm. thinking about what they're saying and probably that's my that's my mistake is like maybe the note keeping is more just if you have good notes you can go back and have all those other thoughts constructively mm-hmm. later you know, yeah, definitely. Don't, don't don't get ahead of yourself. But that's note note taking is something that I really wish I was better at and have always struggled with. For me, uh, the bullet journal method—that's the whole mm-hmm. appeal. That's the whole appeal of that. But what makes that work is it's personal, right? It's, it's journaling. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for someone who doesn't know, bullet journal is is a uh, a focus on you know, thinking about what's important, but also but getting it in kind of a bullet form, so it's not long introspective mm-hmm. diary, diary entries. It's more like getting to just the crux of of what matters, and there's a focus on doing it, you know, with a pen, yeah, and paper, specifically because that's slower than typing. Like it forces you to, you know boil it down to just the the minimum thing that that you can write. And I find that really good for stimulating that kind of thinking, but it only works for me because I only do it, you know, not in a conversation. I do it when I'm, when I'm by myself. You can do it when you're taking your time. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm capable of writing good notes, but I I just can't do it in real time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that for sure. Um, I, even outside of taking notes, that is, I find that I am a, a slow processor of information. So like conversations in general, um, if we, if we were to have a conversation, like I would come back the next day, I wouldn't, I wouldn't come back the next day. The next day I'd be feeling like, Oh, this is what I think about that. But it can take me like a day <laughs> to yeah. even figure out what it is that I think. Right. Are you similar to that? Yes. Yeah, very much like that. Yeah. Oh, uh, 
and and I think to me the most interesting conversations and one of the things that I've always loved the quality that that um, we have that in our conversations is mm-hmm. that uh, it's sort of a joint discovery of like what is it that I think about this. It, come, oh, yeah, it comes totally. out in the process of, of <laughs> you know, talk, <laughs> just talk, and and you get some feedback of like, wait, what? And and, and you drill down, and you back up, and and at the end of it, you kind of get to what is it yeah. you thought, you know. So, uh, yeah. so I like that, and that's to me, that's kind of what collaboration is about. Yeah, for sure. Again, having those freedoms to. Mm-hmm do things on your own and figure things out on mm-hmm. your own, but having a little bit of guidance from each other. Yeah. Yeah. Along those lines, sometimes I, uh, I subject my wife to um, uh, like talking about like design discussions. Like just, I have a design decision. <laughs> There's a thing that's bugging me and she is not a technologist at all. She doesn't program. Sure. She has very little interest in computers, but oh. Uh, Sometimes I just need, she's the only one around and I just kind of need to talk this through and Mm -hmm. it's the, um, you know, putting it into words, just, just like, uh, with bullet method, you know, writing it down on paper forces you to slow down. You Mm -hmm. have to slow down to a certain extent and serialize just to talk, just to put your ideas into a stream of words, one word after the other for in sentences that maybe have some coherence and, so I, I've, she, she indulges me in that and sometimes helps me talk through <laughs> stuff, even when it's like, she's like, yeah, uh-huh. she doesn't have any idea what you're talking <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah. Any idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a few things here, like kind of tooly types of things mm-hmm. that you've talked about that you use uh, in certain situations, like the, just one thing, um, Pomodoro, mm-hmm. bullet journaling. It sounds like there are, times when those you feel like those make sense and you need to do them but you don't do them all the time that's correct that's is that correct i'm very situational with the tools how long does it take you to know what the situation is is there are there any times where um it, you you get it wrong or it yeah. takes you too long to figure out what the right outlet is for whatever it is that you're trying to do and 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 what do you do then or how do you figure that out well you know, you make you make mistakes all the time, right? That's what we're trying to do is is fail fast. Sure. So the you know, just uh, you know you have we had a design meeting t- today earlier this morning, and I thought we were going into this, and we were just going to get applause and say, "Yeah, ship it." And yeah. the feedback we got is like, "You're solving the wrong problem." Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> but we. Um, but we scheduled that meeting uh, to double check that we were on the right path before right. Uh, before preparing the training doc and then and, and going through the publishing. You know, we had some more steps with actually shipping some software that we didn't do because yeah. it's like maybe we are doing the wrong thing. So yeah, fail fast. Yeah, you know, and then and and then beyond that, the the other thing, of course, is if you offend people, right? And I've done that. <laughs> You know, uh, you you say the wrong thing. You're off on the wrong tangent. You you come in from a different place, not understanding where they're coming from. You know, and and there it's you know it comes down to you know do people trust that you have the right intention? 
Yep. You know, like, and so I don't know. I just, I try and let folks know that I'm going to make mistakes all the time. I'll try and keep you informed and I'm going to screw up. And do you trust that I'll fix it when I do? Yep. You know, the memory of a goldfish. I like it. Uh, so do you have any interesting stories about when these systems have failed miserably or succeeded like incredibly? Hmm. Yeah, for sure. The lack of, of structured systems fail me when you, you realize later that, oh man, you're redoing stuff. Yeah, here's a story. Um, we were we were working last year on on a big project to put out a mobile version of our website, mm-hmm. and we were getting really deep into it. And we were in flow, and we were kind of making things up, and we were rapid prototyping. Not a lot of doc, um, not a lot of requirements, and you know, we weren't producing artifacts; we were producing code. Mm-hmm. And and we were all there in the moment. And we're demos every day. It was great. But then some other huge project came along, um, and uh, it was like uh, we spent months understanding way more than I ever wanted to know about sales tax and how that varies in different states and how you collect it and exemption certificates and nexus and um, that project. You know, sat on the. Uh, sat on the shelf for six months mm-hmm. and now we're trying to, you know, dust off. Where did we, where did we leave off? What, what parts of this did we solve? <laughs> what didn't we solve? And right. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's a moment where it's like, God, I w- wish you had written some more down. Right. Uh, but it's kind know. of trade-offs, right? Like yeah. you're, you're accepting the trade-off of you're going to have moments like that so that you yeah. can move more freely the rest of the time. Right. Yeah. And, and the, uh, there are lots of stories of spending a huge amount of time, you know, doc- yes. uh, d- developing maintenance documentation for systems that are put out of commission before anyone ever, right. You know, uses just gets thrown away. Yeah. Trade-offs. Yeah. Trade-offs. Early in the conversation, you talked about how you were previously a musician uh, and I was wondering if there is any crossover in this discussion with when you were a musician. I mean, you still are a musician, right? Like, you, yeah, yeah, you play. yeah. Um, but is there any sort of crossover in that conversation or in in those areas of your life? There, there, there is. Um, I can say that you know a lot of the great programmers I've met have actually, <laughs> you know, we got to know each other, find out, oh, they're musicians as well. They yes. play some about music. So, this, you know, music is dealing with um on the uh, you know it's especially jazz right where you're kind of improvising in the moment you're you're creating something collaboratively in real time with other people so that's a function of of listening and contributing Mm -hmm. but it's also built on a whole lot of shedding at home right practicing your scales your harmony breaking things out in isolation Mm -hmm. so for me, you know, the crossover is sort of the um, f- blending the these opposites of of you know structure and discipline with you know freedom and uh, creativity, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, uh, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's all about 
uh, it's all about you know the team and that communications and the and the rest of it. You know, like you you um, a lot of times if you have want to have jam sessions with musicians, right? You if you can just scribble down a couple chords, a couple changes. Hey, mm-hmm. here's a couple changes I want to work out. I don't have full charts. I don't have the hall of melody, but here's a little structure we can work with. Mm-hmm. You might get a lot of times further and do something a little bit more interesting if you start right. with a little bit of structure than if you don't, and then you just end up playing 12-bar blues for over and over. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you get to take advantage of all the all the brains in the room and all the ideas in the room and yeah. um, you're not so much focused on the one thing that you have in your head. Yeah. But in both the, the, the thing that crosses over is you're in both cases, you're, you're, you're confronting a challenge of choosing the right amount of structure for mm-hmm. the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. That's the thing that crosses over. Yep. I, that definitely aligns with um, what you had been saying earlier about how you're situational and the tools that you choose and how you know when to choose the right thing. I like that. Yeah. And, you know, and it's different for different organizations, right? I, I have the benefit of this because I'm in a very small organization and, mm-hmm. um, every, and super high retention and, uh, uh, in other situations, you know, uh, previously I worked in architecture. I was a consultant in the architecture group for, uh, a big online education company where they had, you know, hundreds of developers, um, uh, different time zones, offshore mm-hmm. developers, you know, and we necessarily had to have a lot more formality in the process mm-hmm. because they, they also had a culture where uh, they, the way that they liked to schedule work had a presumption that the same team wasn't going to keep working on the same feature. Sure. Right. So at, at like for them, for their organization, that was one of the hard lines that they yep. chose to be important that we want, you know, people are going to come and go. Any team should be able to pick up any feature and um, you can do it that way. But there's a lot more doc, a lot more, mm-hmm, a lot more formality and structure because that's what you need if that's what you want. Right. Yeah. It's trade offs again. You're, you're choosing all of that time documenting things, yeah. but you get to have anybody pick up the work. Right. And yeah. And what I wanted was not to work there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fun. Um, cool. Uh, Jay, uh, is there anything that I missed in this subject that you'd like to talk about? Um, no, I, um, I, I hope it's been useful. It's been great. Thanks a lot, Steve. Thanks for listening to another episode of a developer experience podcast. Thanks to my guest, Jay Sincata. You can find Jay on LinkedIn. I will link to his profile in the show notes. If you like the show, support it at the podcast home, anchor.fm slash a hyphen developer hyphen experience. I'm Steve Hicks. Check stevenhicks.me slash where to find me on the internet. Take care, friends.